to get the uh, the cogs turning this morning, to get us thinking, I've got a question to start off with today, which is, what is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I know it's a big question because we get lots of advice throughout our lives, but what's something that's really stuck with you? When when I was a teenager doing my GCSEs, I remember my nana telling me, you can only do what you can do, Becky. You can only do what you can do. And that is one piece of advice that has really stuck with me throughout my life. Um, it's, it's spoken to me, it's shown me that there is stuff that I should do, that I have a part to play, there's things that I can do. But it also tells me that I'm not expected to do everything as well, that I have something to do, but I don't need to do everything. I don't have to be perfect. So that's one piece of advice that has really stuck with me and has helped to bring balance throughout my life. And I'm asking you about advice this morning because this is kind of the, the context or the tone of the scripture that we're going to be looking at today. So we're going to spend some time today looking at Proverbs chapter 4. Um, and the context of this is King Solomon, who was known to be a very wise man, um, passing on his wisdom, his nuggets, his pearls of wisdom to the next generation. Um, in fact, it starts, Proverbs 4 verse 1 says, pay attention, my sons, to a father's warning. This is him wanting to pass on to the next generation the things that he's learned, the things that will help them go further than he's done and will help them to learn from the life lessons that he's made as well. So this is the context of the scripture today. And I would encourage you to, to go and read all of Proverbs 4, to read all of Proverbs. There's so much wisdom within that. But in the sake and in the interest of time today, we're focusing on one scripture, which is Proverbs 4, verse 23, which says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. This is where we're going to be spending our time this morning. Solomon has, like I said, a very wise guy, but this is what he's saying to the next generation. You need to work on guarding your hearts. It's crucial that you guard your hearts. So before we think about that, I suppose we need to look and answer the, the question of what is the heart? <laughs> if this is something we're supposed to be guarding, what is your heart? Which is quite a difficult question to answer, really. You know, in this scripture and throughout, throughout scripture, throughout the Bible, when it talks about the heart, it very rarely means the beating organ inside of your chest that is pumping blood around your body. That's not what I think what Solomon means here. Although, you know, protecting your physical heart is a good idea. I would promote all that kind of thing. Um, but I don't think that's what the, the message or the tone of this is at all. He's talking about your heart in the deeper context. But your heart encompasses so many things. Your heart encompasses your emotions, um, your thoughts, your morals, your character, your motivations, your heart involves so many different parts of you. And like I said, it's hard to kind of define that and really get it down to one phrase or one sentence of what your heart is. But one of the definitions that really uh, stood out to me or that I found particularly helpful was that the heart is the central or innermost part of something. 
the central or innermost part of something. Um, you know, you hear places being described as, you know, that place is the heart of the community or that person is the heart of the community. And it means that they're the central part of that. They're the innermost part, they're core to who um, that building or that place or that community are. And that's the same, I think, when it comes to our hearts. Your heart is the central and innermost part of you. Your heart is the core of who you are. If you strip everything else away, your heart is really and truly who you are. So, with that in mind, how is your heart today? How is your heart? I'm just going to give you a moment and... I thought I'd just pray at this point before we move on. God, I thank you that you are with us this morning. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you know the conditions of our hearts today. You know what we've been facing. You know what seasons we've been through. You know where we find ourselves this morning. And God, I thank you that you don't put any condition on us, any requirements, anything that we need to live up to in order to meet with you today. No matter what state our hearts are in today, that you're ready and willing and eager and keen to meet with us and speak to us today. God, would you speak to our hearts? Amen. Amen. So, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. You know, why overcomplicate things? I'm going to break it down step by step for this scripture for you today. So, the first part of the scripture says, above all else. Above all else. This speaks about our heart being a priority. Something that we should be prioritizing in life. So whereabouts on your list of priorities, on your to-do list, um, does tending to your heart come? (laughs) Is it even on your list of things to do or your things to look after? Do you think about the condition of your heart? I think sometimes we can get so focused on the, um, like the material and the here and now and the physical and the what's in front of us, the tasks that we have to do on a daily basis, which are so many things that often we can forget about tending to our hearts as part of that. But I do believe that as, as humans, as people, we have this great ability to guard things. It's like something that's instinct within us. You know, I would never have said previously that I was a particularly protective person or you know confrontational person in any way um, until I became a mother and then I would say you know I'm, I'm still relatively laid back but if anyone came after my son I'm pretty sure I would fight them <laughs> let's be honest I'm pretty sure I would lose but I would at least give it a good go to try and protect my son um, And we do that, we guard and we protect the people and the things that we hold valuable, the people and things who we um, prioritize and who we think are precious to us. You know, we, we guard our children, we guard our relationships, we guard our family and our friends. We guard um, our physical belongings. You know, we have spend money on security systems to, to guard our, our, our possessions, our properties and things, but also our um, privacy and our information. We know there's lots of um, ways that we go about protecting ourselves and guarding ourselves. But we only really protect and guard the things that we hold valuable, the things that we really treasure. None of us 
spend money guarding our wheelie bins. <laughs> Once that's gone, the stuff in there, that, that's rubbish, that can go. But we spend time and we spend money guarding the things that are precious to us. And maybe that's where we're just falling short a bit with our hearts. Maybe we don't understand or recognize the true value of our hearts. Your heart is of great value to God. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Um, this is a part of the um, Old Testament where Samuel is coming to anoint the next king of Israel and he goes to Jesse and he's looking at his sons in order to anoint the next king of Israel. Um, and Eliab's the oldest and he's a tall, strapping man and he looks the part of the next king. He looks the part. But in verse 7 it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. People will look at your outward appearance. People will look at your life, at your productivity, at what you wear, at what you say. They will look at those outward things, but the Lord looks at your heart. That is what he is really interested in. He is really interested in your heart. That's what he sees when he looks at you. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. God wants us to love him with all of our hearts. That's how precious and how valuable he sees our hearts to him. Your heart is of greater value than anything else you can offer to God. Over anything else that you can do for God or anything else that you can bring to God, your heart is the most important thing that you can bring to him. So yes, we should guard the things that we find precious in life. Yes, we should guard our relationships and all of that sort of stuff. But we should be prioritizing guarding our hearts as well. Heart first above all else. So, above all else. Tick. We'll move on to the next part of the scripture, which says, guard your heart. So, I'm going to talk a little bit in a little bit about maybe some of the practical things that we can do to guard our hearts, some things that we can put in place to try and you know, protect our hearts. But when I was thinking about this, this scripture and this message months ago, I really felt it was so important today just to differentiate between guarding our hearts and hardening our hearts. I think it's something that is so, um, you know, particularly the, the culture and the society that we're in at the moment, we can get them so easily confused. You know, we're told that if we want to protect ourselves, then we should put the barriers up. You know, we should um, make ourselves this impenetrable. Is that, is that a word? Impenetrable. However many T's are in there. An impenetrable fortress. That's what we should be like in order to protect ourselves and guard ourselves. But I don't think that's what God means when he says, guard your heart. He's not saying put the barriers up. He wants you to have a soft heart, but a guarded heart. And just as a little bit of analogy that, or a little bit of a picture that is extremely representative of the season of life I'm in at the moment. I brought some Play-Doh today. 
So, this piece of Play-Doh, and I know what you're all thinking, it's all one colour. This Play-Doh has never been played with before. It has. I'm incredibly smug of the fact that my Play-Doh is still the right colour. It will not stay red for very long, I know, but for now it's all still the same colour. Um, but this piece of Play-Doh, it's really nice actually, quite therapeutic. I might just do this all the way through. Um, it's soft, it's squishy, it's mouldable, it's ready for another good word, it's malleable. That's a good word. Um, it can be used, it can be changed, it can be transformed. This piece of Play-Doh, however, <laughs> is not. You can just listen. This piece of Play-Doh has gone rock hard. Um, it cannot be molded, it cannot be shaped, it cannot be formed into anything. Um, it's probably not useful for anything. Maybe it's a paperweight. I could use it as a paperweight, but not, not in the way that Play-Doh is supposed to be used. But what is the difference then between these two pieces of Play-Doh? They're exactly the same thing, the same ingredients. The only difference between the two is that this one has been cared for. <laughs> this one has been regularly put back in its container. This one has spent time in the safety and protection of its container. So bear with me, if we translate that then to our hearts, I believe that God wants us to have soft hearts, hearts that are responsive to him, hearts that he can move, hearts that he can speak to, hearts that are compassionate and want to help people. But the only way that we can keep our hearts soft is by regularly coming back to the safety of the container, regularly coming back to that resting place, that safe place, which is the presence of God. It's the presence of God which keeps our hearts soft, which protects us, which guards us. If we're not doing that, you know, if we're just pushing on in our own strength, if we're maybe getting distracted and getting busy and we're pressing on with life and we're not letting God in, we're not letting God come and help us, then what happens when we push on, we push on, we push on, we don't get time back in that container, in that safe resting place, our hearts get hard. We get tired, we get burnt out, we get heavy laden. That is not what God wants for our hearts. So beware, those th distraction can harden our hearts. But there are also other things in life, things like bitterness, jealousy, um, offense, pride, things that can creep in and harden our hearts as well if we're not careful. That's why we need to keep coming back to God, keep realigning our hearts with God, keep spending time in his presence, which is that wonderful resting place for our hearts in order to keep them soft. And you'll be glad to hear that this is where the Play-Doh analogy ends. <laughs> because unlike Play-Doh, which once it goes hard, there's no way of getting that back. That's not going soft and squishy again. This, this, is, this is too far gone, I'm sorry to say. But that is not the case, thankfully, with our hearts. God has something different to say about that. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 says, this is God speaking. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. What a promise that is from God, that he will give us a new heart and put a new spirit within you. So you may 
be feeling this morning like your heart may be a bit hardened in some areas. But God promises to be that renewal for your heart. He promises to keep bringing you back to that soft heart, that heart of flesh, to put that new heart within you. And also, you know, this morning, you, you may never have accepted God. You may have never actually accepted that new heart that he has for you. Today is a wonderful opportunity for you to do that, for you to go on that journey of God, that journey of transformation, where he takes the old and he gives you the new. He takes you the things that um, are holding you back. He takes the sin in your life. He takes the hardened areas of your life and transforms that. He gives you a new heart. So if you would like that today, maybe for the first time or the hundredth time, God can do that. He doesn't put a time limit on this. God can do it and he wants to do it. God wants you to have a soft heart. A soft heart is a compassionate heart. And a compassionate heart changes things. A compassionate heart is what God uses to to burden you, to help people, to pray to bring about transformation in the world. A soft heart is a useful heart to God. So, guard your heart. Don't harden it. Guard a soft heart. And then the last part of that scripture says, for everything you do flows from it. Um, In some translations, it says, for everything you do springs from it, springs from your heart. But either way, it's like this this image of water, this image of river. Um, And if you think about that, it's a really helpful image, actually, because it talks about your heart being the source and then your life being like the river that flows out of that. And if you think about it, you know, if if the source of the river is healthy and pure and clean and, you know, not contaminated by anything, then the rest of the river will see the benefits of that. There will be life within it, there'll be growth around it, there'll be things sustained by that. But if the source of the river is not good, if it's maybe polluted or not clean or not, you know, not healthy, then that affects everything downstream. And it's the same with our hearts. Our hearts affect everything downstream in our lives. I think sometimes we can, you know, when we're thinking about trying to improve ourselves or become healthier people or, 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 you know, become better people, sometimes I think we can get really kind of focused and and bogged down in the the downstream aspects of our lives, you know, the the detail of our lives on certain behaviours or changing certain things about ourselves in order to become healthier people. And it's not that that stuff is bad, But if we just spent some time working on our hearts, spent some time um, allowing our hearts to rest in God's presence, allowing our hearts to be healed and whole, then the benefits of that will affect everything downstream in our lives. So maybe this is just a bit of a warning, not to get too focused in the details, but to make sure you're spending time working on your heart because everything you do flows from it. There There is no substitute for working on your heart. There is no um, replacement or shortcut in life for working on your heart. It will affect every other aspect of your life because everything you do flows from it. So, 
guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. I was going to challenge you then, and then I bailed, but now I've decided, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to challenge you to learn that as a memory verse this week. I just heard the kids shouting in kids' church. I was like, yeah, they will be doing this as a memory verse. It's one verse. It's easy enough. Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. That is my challenge to you this week. You can go away and learn that. I'll test you, yeah. I'll ask whoever's up here to test you on that verse. I'm not going to say there's prizes, but but now there's going to have to be prizes. I will bring a prize next week. I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to stop digging. So, like I said before, for the last uh, little bit of time that we've got left, I want to spend some time thinking about the practicalities, how we can actually guard our hearts, because hopefully you're all on board that the concept of guarding your heart is a good idea by now. Um, But what does that actually look like? If you, you know, on a Monday, Tuesday morning, what does it look like to guard your heart? So there's a few things that I want to suggest. I'm sure there's loads, but here's a particular few. I've got three for you. The first uh, thing to guard your heart is to be aware of your influences. Be aware of your influences. So we all know and want God to influence our hearts and positive, healthy things to influence our hearts. But we have to be aware, you know, the world that we live in, there are things that can influence our hearts in a negative way. So if we're thinking about the things that influence you, Maybe it's worth thinking, you know, what are you watching at the moment? What is on your, you know, jump back into on Netflix or your YouTube history? What are you listening to at the moment? What podcasts, what, what media, you know, what, what music are you listening to? And none of this is to bring any shame or guilt in any way because I regularly, regularly, regularly have to, you know, do this with myself because I'll get several episodes into something and I'll think, why am I feeling anxious? Or why am I not feeling right? And it's because I'm not filling myself with stuff that is good for me. Maybe I'm watching stuff that is harmful for me. Um, But we have to be aware of what is influencing us and what we're letting in. And that is different for each one of us. So that's something for you to think about and reflect on personally. What, What are you taking in? Is it good for you? Is it good for your heart? But it's not just about what you're watching, what you're listening to. It's also about who you're watching and who you're listening to. Whose words influence you? Who do you let speak into your heart? Who's got your ear? James 3 verse 17 it gives us a, a great, clear model of wisdom. Because it's not that we shouldn't let people speak into our lives. We should. We need each other. Getting advice from one another is a brilliant thing to do. But we have to hold it up to a bit of a standard. Is this wisdom? Is this healthy for me, what people are trying to say? So James 3 verse 17 says, But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So when you think about the people who you're listening to, the people who are speaking into your life, maybe just run through this filter. Are they pure and peace-loving? 
Or are they maybe out for a little bit of drama, <laughs> a little bit of gossip, a little stir of the pot? Are they considerate and submissive? You know, are they kind? Do they submit to other people? Do they submit to leadership where that's relevant? Are they full of mercy and good fruit? What do their lives look like? What is the fruit of their lives? Is it good? Is it healthy? And are they impartial and sincere? You know, are they giving you advice because they just want the best for you? Or is there an ulterior motive there? If, you know, we're running through these things and it's, it's ticking all the boxes, then take hold of that wisdom because it is heavenly wisdom. Let that in and let that sit and let that rest with you. But just have this as a bit of a filter to be aware of who you are letting influence your heart. And, you know, there is, there's a balance to that because we are not called to be a holy huddle of people who only spend time with people who are full of godly wisdom. We are called to influence this world. We're called to be in it and to be in relationship with so many different types of people. So it's not that we shouldn't spend time with other people, but we do need to be aware of who we let into our hearts, who we let speak into our hearts, who we get to choose who influences us. So just be aware of that. My second suggestion, um, and it sounds dead basic, there's no simpler way of putting this, but it's spending time with God. <laughs> I tried to jazz it up a bit, but at the end of the day, it's spending time with God. Um, you can't get around that, I'm afraid. Um, you know, Just like with the Play-Doh, um, there's no substitute than time with God. There's no substitute for time in that safe, protected place of time with God. And we are busy people. I get that. I know that. We, we live not just in the age of electricity, which means that we can now be productive past dusk, um, but we are in the internet world as well, where we can be productive from any location at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are expected to be on the go and doing and doing and doing. But even more so then, that means that we need to protect our time with God. It means that our hearts need that time with God. Psalm chapter 91, verse 1 to 4. And I love this scripture. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. I love this image because it talks about God being our protector, God being our fortress, God being that safe place. His faithfulness is the shield and rampart. He is our protector. And what are we supposed to do within this scripture? We're supposed to just dwell in the shelter of that. We're supposed to nussle in under the wing and let God do the protecting. Yes, you know, we, we're called to be out in the world. Yes, we're called to be fighting. Yes, we're called to be um, living our lives for God. But we need that regular time under his wing. Our hearts need that regular time under his wing. 
So maybe have a think about what that looks for you. you know, I've said time with God is important, but what that looks like for one person might be totally different to what it looks like for another person. What it looks like for you in one season of life may be completely different to what it looks like for you in the next season of life. So God is extremely flexible. <laughs> God is happy with how and when you spend time with him. But it's just so important that you do. So think about how you can make that work for you and how you can make time with God a priority in your life. When we do that, it guards our hearts. And the last thing that I wanted to share with you is pray and give thanks. It's the last way of guarding our hearts that I'm talking about. I'm sure there are many more. Pray and give thanks. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this scripture. It talks about how prayer guards our hearts. You know, about how when we pray, when we bring our requests to God, that in return for that, we get peace that surpasses or transcends all understanding. And the outcome of that is that we, our hearts are guarded. Our hearts and our minds are protected through that. And I'm sure prayer guards our hearts in many more ways than we'll ever be aware of. <laughs> but in its simplest form, it shifts the focus off ourselves and onto God. It shifts our focus off of our problems and our lack and our needs and onto the might and power and strength and glory of God. It reminds us that we're not alone and it reminds us of who God is. But the scripture doesn't just talk about bringing prayers and petitions and requests to God. It talks about being thankful. It says with thankfulness. And you know, I think being thankful is one of the simplest yet the most effective ways that we can guard our hearts. I don't know about you, but I would find it extremely hard to be bitter and thankful at the same time. You know, or to be, you know, have offense in my heart, but also giving thanks and being grateful at the same time. Thankfulness guards our hearts against those things. It guards our hearts against greed and against selfishness. It guards your heart from hardening. So giving thanks is one really practical thing that we can do to keep our hearts guarded. And we all have so much to be thankful for. But even if you're struggling to think of things to be thankful for today, as we've sung about the, the names of God, there is so much within God and his character and who he is that we can give thanks for. And when we do give thanks, it is good for our hearts. So, above all else... Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I'd just like to pray for us, if that's okay. And if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to ask you to stand. We 
we've talked about how God's presence is healing and, and brings that transformation. I just want to give a bit of time for that now. So I'm going to push it one further and I'm going to ask if, if you don't mind, would you close your eyes? And I'm going to be really cheeky and even push it further than that. Why don't you just pop a hand on your heart, if you don't mind? How is your heart today? You know, we, we have this phrase, hand on heart, which means honestly, truthful, hand on heart, I've no promise. But with your hand on your heart this morning, let's just be honest and truthful with God. How is your heart? Are there any areas in your life where your heart may be looking a bit hardened? Where, where may there be offence in your life or bitterness? What aspects of your life where there may just be a lack of God because you're pressing on and pushing through in your own strength? Areas that you've never even invited God into. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your promise where you say that you will give us a new heart, a new spirit. God, I thank you that you want to soften our hearts today, that you want to heal our hearts today. Holy Spirit, would you prompt us and show us the things that we can do, the practical things that we can put in place to guard our hearts? But Lord, we also fully submit and know that you are the only one who can bring about that transformation. You are the only one who can give us a new heart for the old. You are the only one who can soften and heal our hearts. So God, would you do that today? Jesus, we thank you.